If you have your Bible, turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Those of you who were here last week realized that I got started with this and got distracted on the authority of the Word. And I want to come back to, we've been talking about embracing the Word and the Spirit. But before I get into the teaching this morning, I'm going to ask Barb to come share. Thank you. Um, many years ago, um, Steve and I, shared, Steve shared a couple of weeks ago the journey of being filled with the Holy Spirit um, in our Salvo days, which was quite um, a big thing back then. Um, however, we went on to, to ministry together and to operate in the gifts that the Holy Spirit empowered us with. And so um, what happened at that point for me was really two things. Internally, I was changed forever, would never want to go back. Um, so that was one thing. And out of that internal explosion of the Holy Spirit within me came um, just a desire for the Word of God and to minister to people who were in bondage, really. Um, and God really called me to a ministry, a prayer ministry, for praying for people um, and using the gifts that he empowered me with around discernment of spirits and um, really encouragement for people who were searching and also um, for Christians who are just bound in religious, religion, religious spirits. So um, God really called me to the church um, to minister to people who were in bondage. And out of that, my gifts grew. And um, how, how I hear from God is quite different at different times. So um, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit... I also started to speak in tongues and I find that an extraordinary way of touching God in the heavens um, through the Holy Spirit who is interceding uh, on my behalf, even through that language. And so often when I'm praying, I will stop and listen to what God's saying and that's when I'll get a revelation um, of something that I'm either praying for, for myself, my family or for people that we're ministering to. I've seen the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in many ways as I've prayed for people who have been under bondage to evil spirits. So, you know, the manifestations that you see of Satan, and I don't want to give him any glory, but the manifestations of the Holy Spirit is total freedom. And uh, just seeing people rise up out of darkness into light. We sang about that today, the light of Jesus. And um, if anything, uh, everything that I do, any gifts that I use always point to Jesus uh, through the Holy Spirit. And so um, on this journey, um, we've um, uh, expanded gifts and uh, uh, seen them grow and uh, seen new ones come and go. Uh, but God uses you in the particular moment that you're in and will empower you through the Holy Spirit to speak into a situation. Um, in our family, uh, I, you know, they often say, Mum, there was just this train coming through our lounge room of people who wanted um, prayer ministry and it wasn't about us it was about them seeking God and um, so even exposing that to our children um, was a great way for them to start their own journey of faith and trust and see how important it is to be in touch with God and then be able to minister to other people and so um, that was a uh, uh, a lot of the external stuff that happened when I became filled with the Holy Spirit and started operating in the gifts. 
Um, internally, um, it, it just keeps growing and uh, I'll be sitting and reading the Bible and praying and God will just start speaking to me. And I don't hear an audible voice. Sometimes I um, just have, uh, you may have heard of this, it's a very old word, but the unction of the Holy Spirit just rises up in me and I know that that could only be God. Or if I'm praying for someone and I happen to say something and they just look in shock because it's something that is very applicable to them but I know that God has spoken that into my heart to help them find freedom and deliverance. It's never about me. Sometimes it has been and I've had to step back and say, none of, none of me in this God, all of you. And even when people are manifesting on the ground, you just claim the name of Jesus because at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is... Who wants to finish that for me? <laughs> exactly. To the glory and honour of God. So I just praise God for using me but I would never want to lose the power of the Holy Spirit in my life and I would never want to step away. And in the midst of the darkest times of life, <clears throat> all those things that we've built into our life up to those points have uh, been what has sustained us. So we'll never turn away from Christ. And the, I was only reading again the scripture where Jesus in his last days said, um, those who reject me will be judged. Um, so I thought, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to reject you ever, Jesus, because I, I have a hope for a future in him. Wonderful, wonderful. 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning the spirituals or the supernatural, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. As I said last week, some of your Bibles will say, now concerning spiritual gifts, but the word gifts isn't actually there in the original. It's actually... Now concerning the spirituals or the supernatural, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to those dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Chapter 14, verse 1 Pursue love and desire or be zealous for the spirituals or the supernatural. Again, the word gifts isn't there. Desire spiritual gifts actually the supernatural, but especially that you may prophesy. Before we get started, a couple of things from chapter 12. Keys, I want to talk about moving in the supernatural today. But a couple of keys. Paul makes a statement about those who served idols being carried away. There is a principle in moving in the supernatural that there is still a self-control. We don't get possessed by the Spirit, so we have to do something. Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 14, 32, the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. He's actually saying, unlike the Gentiles who get filled with demons and get controlled, we have a privilege of partnering with the Holy Spirit. 
He doesn't override our will. We still get to be a part. He empowers us, but he doesn't overpower us. Is that the... Uh... The second key is that it's all about honoring Jesus. Now, what does that actually mean? It means treating people how Jesus treats people. It's love. And he goes on and gives a whole chapter to the hard attitude of moving in the supernatural is not about me, as Barb said, or my ministry or my name. It's about Jesus being honored, people being pointed to Jesus. It also means it's not controlling. We don't use the demonstrations or the activities of the Holy Spirit to control people. I know how often I've heard someone in the name of Jesus give a prophecy over someone that was actually controlling. You're going to give me all your money. God says you're going to give me all your money. Yeah, God's not saying that. The word manifest in, in verse 7, but the manifestations of the Spirit. The word manifest means to make seen or known. It's one of my favorite words here because it's actually these supernatural demonstrations are making the Holy Spirit seen. They're the manifestations of the Spirit. They're not making us seen, not making our ministry seen, not making our name seen. They're making the Holy Spirit seen. It says, but to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Back to verse 7. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Why does the Holy Spirit make himself seen or known? Because he wants to touch people. He wants to benefit them. Okay? It's very simple. But sometimes we get caught up in other things. The manifestations of the Spirit are not natural. They're not just my intellect. If I pay close enough attention to somebody, I can get some sort of feeling about how they're feeling. And then I can speak something into their life. It's not what it's about at all. It's actually about supernatural, not natural. Another word is it's not initiated by us. It's initiated by the Spirit. Which is a very interesting concept. I'm going to get sidetracked just a little bit. Turn with me to uh, John chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 19. And Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, most assuredly just means Jesus is putting an emphasis on something. Truly, truly. As if sometimes he doesn't tell the truth. No, he's actually just saying, pay attention to this. The son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. The revised standard says, the son does nothing 
of his own initiative. The SV says of his own authority. In essence, he's saying, I don't initiate things. I'm responding to the leading of the Spirit, even Jesus. Do you think that that's not right? But verse 30, I can do nothing of myself. I can do nothing of my own initiative. I can do nothing on my own authority. But as I hear, I judge. Chapter 8, verse 28. Can you guess what it's going to say? Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. Chapter 12, verse 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority or of my own initiative, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. And then 14.10. Do you not believe that I am the, in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority or my own initiative. Here is Jesus, the Son of God, saying, I'm not initiating this stuff. I'm actually being led by the Spirit. He's demonstrating something of moving in the supernatural that it's not what I think. It's not, I'm going to try and get God to do what I think he should do or how I think he should do it. I'm going to actually listen to his spirit and see what he says. So, I want to talk about moving in the supernatural. And uh, there's three parts or three ingredients to that. And I don't know how to demonstrate this as well as I'd like. So I'm going to use some help. Josh and Chris are going to help me. Come stand here. And Steve, if you come stand here. Stand right in front of me. You stand on this side. You stand over here. Okay, three ingredients to moving in the supernatural. Not three people, but three ingredients. I just don't have ingredients, okay? There's three. Revelation, relationship, and response. Three R's. Make it easy to remember. Christy's going to be revelation. Josh is going to be relationship. And Steve is going to be response. And I want you to see how the three coming together release something of the supernatural. Revelation is actually a belief in the truth of the word. Okay? Now you have to have some belief before there can be a release of the supernatural. Do you believe God's working today? I have a friend who believes that prophecy is only what the Bible says about end times, which it is, but it's also God speaking today. Now, if you don't believe God speaking today, you can't actually hear God give you a word for somebody, right? You don't have a revelation. If you don't believe God heals today, you can't hear God say, I want to touch and heal this person. So there is a basic revelation that you have to have. If you don't have that about something, you might as well just stop right here. If you don't believe that God speaks today, then the manifestations of the Spirit will never be released in your life because they're dependent on us hearing the Holy Spirit. Not initiating. 
So if you don't believe that, we're finished. But once you have that revelation, by itself, the revelation isn't enough. And that's where many people are. They believe God speaks today, but they never actually hear him say anything. See, in addition to revelation, we have to have relationship. Intimacy with God, hearing his voice. Romans 7, uh, 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That word is rhema. It's not the, I was raised in a, evangelical church that said faith comes by hearing the the word preached which is not actually what it says it says faith comes by hearing what God is saying it's a relational thing now if you don't believe in relationship today if you think that God's somewhere out in the universe and we just believe certain principles then there's no way you have that relationship and so you actually change the Bible to say something a little bit different But if you have a relationship, it's easy because that's what it says. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what God says. But you have to have a foundation of belief. I was ministering in a church in California a couple years ago. Mary was with me. And I felt like God said that he wanted to heal somebody who had a problem with their wrist. And Mary jumped up and said God told her that there was something to do with a cyst And so this lady in the back jumps up in her chair and says, I have a cyst on my wrist. (laughs) And she comes forward, and I went on preaching, and Mary prayed for her, and instantly it was gone. She'd had it for nine years. Why did God choose to heal it then? I have no idea. All I know is that he did. Why did faith arise in her? Because faith comes by hearing. Hearing, by the word, when God says, I want to heal someone who has a problem with their wrist and a cyst, and she's got a cyst on her wrist that she's had for nine years, faith rises up. Oh, that's me. Okay? Revelation, if you don't believe that God speaks, you can't hear God say something. But revelation by itself, without relationship, doesn't release the supernatural. But revelation and relationship isn't enough either. You have to have response. Response being, I believe that God wants to heal. He says he wants to heal someone who has a cyst on their wrist. You actually have to speak it out. See, response is being obedient. I could believe God saying something, but if I never share it, there's no releasing of the supernatural. I could believe God speaks today to people. I could believe God gives me a word for Tim, but if I keep it to myself, it never blesses Tim. Yet how often do we do that? We hang on to things. We're not sure. I'm surprised how often when I minister in different places, someone will come to me afterwards and say that God gave them the same prophetic word that someone else shared, but they didn't share it. They probably had it first. And because they didn't share, God went to someone else. Like Jesus, we don't initiate, we hear. Not what I think God should do. See, if all we have is a 
revelation of truth, then we're the ones we think that have to apply it. If God speaks today, but I don't, I'm not working on relationship, I'm working on a principle, then I'm the one who initiates that. I'm declaring when God should speak rather than being led by the Spirit. Now, even Jesus didn't do that. Now, if you guys come huddle together, bring these three together, and something of the supernatural is released. Revelation, relationship, and response. Jesus only did what he heard the Father saying, but he did it. And then the Holy Spirit was released. Okay, it wasn't like, I have this wonderful thought for Tim. I think it's a word of God, but I'm not sure, so I'm going to keep it to myself. What happens? There's no response. It could be God. And the whole purpose is that God wants to minister to Tim. It's not that I feel like, hey, God loves me. He speaks to me. I know no. He actually wants it to come out for someone's benefit. Now that doesn't mean that it's limited to the church when we gather together. You might have someone that you see on the street and you begin to pray for them. And God gives you a word. Or you see someone who has a need. And the Holy Spirit wants to show himself great. Thanks, guys. You did a wonderful job. Hey, sit with me. You understand what we're talking about. Revelation, relationship, and response together. Revelation. Does God heal today? Yes, he does. Relationship. God says, I want to touch this person and bring healing response is that we actually pray. Why do we need the response? Because God's chosen to partner with us. It's mind-boggling, but some of us have this almost fatalistic, well, God's going to do what he wants to do anyway. But the reality is he's not. Ultimately, he does what he wants to do. But when it comes to meeting with people, he's actually partnering with us. We just think, oh, yeah, I'll just leave it. God will bless. No, sometimes God says, hey, I want you to pray for this person. But we don't know how to pray. I knew a guy, a uh, gal had come and asked him to pray for her. She had a, a skin thing, uh, eczema on her hands. And he'd asked this pastor to come to, to pray for her. And, and they came, and so he and his wife and this gal, they were praying. And uh, they had, she'd had it for quite a while, and they prayed a number of times. And they decided, okay, let's, let's ask Jesus what he wants to do. So they actually took hands, and they began to pray. And God gave his wife a picture. It was a picture of a little girl and a big, it was a stirring stick that they used to use for for uh, stirring the pots when they would actually, in the old days, uh, wash clothes in a big pot, and they'd have a stick. And uh, saw this picture of the stick, and, and the wife says to this 
this uh, lady, does that mean anything? She said, my, uh, my dad used to beat me with uh, the stirring stick when I did something wrong. Okay. So she forgave her dad, and then, uh, you know, they're praying again, and the pastor's wife gets another picture. That's a little girl falling down in the snow. She says to this lady, does that mean anything to you? She said, yeah, we used to have chickens, and my dad would send me out to the, 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 uh, get the eggs out of the chicken coop, even when it was snowing, and I remember often falling down, and my hands getting really, really cold. And she said, oh, okay, so this now, in this time, this pastor's getting frustrated because God's speaking to his wife and not to him. It's like, okay, God, I'm the pastor. I had some adjustments to do in his understanding of the body of Christ. But the bottom line is, through a number of things, God began to show them that the problem was a hurt that this lady had toward her father and a lack of forgiveness and she began to weep and began to express forgiveness you know what happened the next morning her hands were healed it it wasn't the snow that caused the eczema on her hands or whatever it was it was actually the hurt why do we need relationship with Jesus because sometimes we just don't know how to pray We see what we think is the problem, and we want to address that. And the Holy Spirit is saying, just listen to me, will you? What you see is not the problem. It's the fruit. So why did Jesus do nothing of his own initiative? Because he wanted to be led by the Spirit. He was our model, our example. So how do you know if what you think you're hearing is the Holy Spirit? I'm going to set you free. It's real simple. Ultimately, it's only by the fruit. You never know 100% until afterwards. If something supernatural takes place, I'm telling you, it was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't you. How do you know? By the fruit. So, What does that mean for us? It means, one, we need to approach the supernatural with humility. It's not about my gift or ministry. Humility releases grace. One of the keys of the kingdom, we'll talk about that at some point in the future. One of the keys of the kingdom, keys unlock. The Bible's very clear that humility unlocks grace. God's opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So there's something about our heart attitude of humility. It's not me. It's not about my name. It's not about my reputation. It's not about anything. It's about God wanting to touch someone. So we approach it with humility. Humility in heart, but also humility in language. I think there's so much that gets done in an inappropriate manner. Because the focus is in the wrong place. God says, you must do this. And everyone goes, why do we have to speak like that? God doesn't. Why do we? Because we're trying to convince someone that we've actually heard God. 
You know what? When you've actually heard God, you don't have to convince anyone. Because when the Holy Spirit does something supernatural, He is seen. He is made known. So we can simply share in humility. You know, I feel like God's saying this. Does this apply to you? I feel like God's showing me something. Does this apply to you? It's very simple. You don't have to try and convince people because it's not natural. See, when, it's, when we think it's natural, then we have to convince people because it's all about us. But let me tell you, you're not supernatural. I don't care how many times you watch Superman. You're not supernatural. You're natural. But the Holy Spirit's supernatural. And he can work through us. Second thing, if, if it's all about the fruit, is that you can risk. It's not your reputation. Let me tell you, a gathering together is a safe place to learn. But you know what? I've said to people on the street, does this mean anything to you? And they say, yes. I say, can I pray for you? And you know what? Once I've had someone say, please don't pray for me. Once in years. But even if something supernatural doesn't happen, people still feel loved. Right? As long as you don't make unrealistic claims. When I, when I pray for you, God's going to touch you and heal you, as if it's me. Okay, yeah, sure, other people have prayed for you, but when I pray for you, no. It's all about what he wants to do. Thirdly, if it's really something supernatural, and we only know it's God by the fruit, thirdly is that all the glory goes to God. All of it. See, there's a subtle thing that creeps in that says, it was me, it was my faith. See, I prayed for Josh. Tim might have prayed for him, but he wasn't healed. But when I prayed for him, he was healed. There's something of my faith. I'm more spiritual. And what pride creeps in. And we say, oh, yeah, it was Jesus. But the way we communicate... I know a guy who's a pastor in America, and he has this way of communicating that it always points to him. Sure, everyone around the world was praying for a situation, but at 10 o'clock in the morning when he prayed, God touched this child in Thailand. doesn't matter that there were probably hundreds of other people praying at exactly the same time. See, there's just something subtle that creeps in that says, I need some sort of recognition. Now, we're going to get to that at a, at a whole nother time because we live in a culture that breeds insecurity. I believe every single person in Western culture is insecure. Because of our culture, it's a performance orientation. I can show you Biblically, that that's a ploy, a plan of the enemy. But because we all have this insecurity, we all want some sort of affirmation. So when God uses us to touch someone, we think it's us. I must be more spiritual. Or I fasted this last week. And so if I fast, well, you know what? It's not about you. It's not about how much you fast. It's about 
Can you hear the Holy Spirit? Now, there is some things that hinder our ability to hear the Holy Spirit. Not our relationship with Jesus, but our ability to hear the Holy Spirit. Okay, if I'm living in sin that God's revealed to me and I refuse to repent, there becomes a hardness of heart. I don't lose my salvation, but I become less effective as a partner with the Holy Spirit to impact others. You still with me? So, how do you know it's the Holy Spirit? There is a growing in maturity and confidence and accuracy. There is a sense, as Barb said earlier, that times when she used the word unction, she, it's something you just know inside. Why? Because of a lot of hearing God and seeing him move, then you kind of get this, oh, yeah, I know that this is not just me. I wasn't thinking about this person, but the Holy Spirit brought them to mind, and I need to pray for them. There's something of the, the moving of the Holy Spirit. Still with me? Let me say this by way of uh, protection. How do you know it's the Holy Spirit? Don't add to what the Holy Spirit might say. See, too often we think we have to interpret. God gives you a picture for someone and you share it with them and you don't know what it means. So you assume they don't know what it means. So you try and add an interpretation. Let me tell you, if it's the Holy Spirit, it doesn't need an interpretation. He knows. And so you can share something and you don't have to interpret it. But that's where we often get in trouble. Classic story. Guy in a church, prophetic guy, saw a picture of a black cloud over one of the guys in the church and a dollar sign. So saw this dollar sign in this black cloud over this guy. That was the picture. The interpretation that he felt that meant was that this guy was actually being dishonest with finances in his business. And he declared this in a public meeting. The problem was, that guy wasn't being dishonest in finances. The partner in his business was. He was embezzling. But he destroyed this guy's character by adding to, the picture he saw was correct. But he went beyond what the Holy Spirit had said and put his own interpretation on it. So let me help you. When it's the Holy Spirit, it will make sense to the person. Okay, it might be a word of knowledge that you just means absolutely nothing to you. That's what a word of knowledge is. It's knowing something that is unknowable. Okay? The Holy Spirit says this about a person. I was praying for a guy in a church in the States, and as I was praying, I felt the Holy Spirit say, he's got a uh, kidney problem. No way of knowing that. Now I'm saying, okay, I think that's you, God, but that really wasn't what we were praying about. And so I said to the guy, you know, hey, I feel like the Holy Spirit said something, but let me ask you, do you have a problem with your kidney? I'll say, yeah, I have a... a uh, infection that is I've been struggling with for weeks now why does God give a word of knowledge because he wants to minister to someone 
Not so that I look good. Oh, well, I'm, I'm such a great pastor. I had, I had the, the in with the Holy Spirit. No. So when he gives a word of knowledge, faith arises and it's easy to pray. And God touched him and healed him. Okay? Now, he didn't come to me and say, I have a kidney problem. Will you pray for me? If he did, I would. Okay? And I would, I've learned to pray, okay, God, how do you want me to pray for this? My initial thought is I should pray for his healing. Okay? But maybe there's something else involved. I've learned that sometimes there is. So, what does that mean for us today? It means we're going to spend a couple minutes and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us if there's anything he wants to do. Whether it's a word of knowledge or whether it's a prophecy. Uh, And we're going to try it. Now, let me tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. This part, sharing the word, is easy. This next part is much more difficult for me. Because I can set the table, but I can't serve the food. And so I'm totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. I often ask God to give me something in advance. Not that I don't trust Him. Everybody's insecure. (laughs) Right? But we just say, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say? Okay. So I'm going to ask you just to bow your head for a moment. Again, it's not more spiritual to bow your head. It's just, just I want you to be distracted by other people. And we're going to just take a moment. We're going to say, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you want to make yourself seen and known. And so we just open our heart to you right now. We set aside our own thoughts and ideas and imaginations. We thank you that you're greater than every work of the enemy so we don't have to have any fear that what we hear is something from the devil because you're so much greater. We surrender our heart to you. We we submit to you and we say, we simply want to hear what you have to say. Not for us, but so that you're free to pour out your love and to do what only you can do. And so we just take a moment. Holy Spirit, I wait on you.